Welcome to the Sound of Truth Bible Chat with your host, Brett Morani, where he leads discussion in God's Word. Let's join him now. Time for another Bible Chat. I'm your host, Brett, and I have with me in the studio today, Armando is back. Hey, Armando, good to have you back. Hey, good to be back. And also, for the first time in our studio, is Eric Piment. So I've got three of us here to do a Bible Chat. Eric, good to have you today. Hi, thank you for having me here. All right. So, Armando, you are bringing to the table uh, our choice passage for discussion right. as we were assigned the reading in Luke's Gospel. So, Armando, what do you have? Yeah, I'm here with uh, in Luke chapter 20, in the first verse. Here, in this, this actually happened right after Jesus cleansed the temple. When he was in, when in the temple, and he's in um, chapter 19, where he says, The scriptures declare my temple will be the house of prayer, but you have turned it into, into a den of thieves. So this was right after this happened here in, in chapter 20, verse 1. He was in the temple again teaching. Uh, there was a bunch of religious leaders there, priests, everybody listening to him, the crowd there as well. So he, um, they, demanded, they demanded to see why he was claiming authority. When, when they demanded by what authority Jesus was doing all these things with, who gave you that right, Jesus asked them, let me ask you a question first. He replied, did John's authority to baptize come from heaven or was it merely a human? Here, when uh, Jesus was challenging them, he basically asked them a question, pinning them against the wall there. So they, they didn't know how to answer that, right? They, one way, if they answered it one way, they, in verse, in verse, uh, verse five, five they talked it over among themselves. If, they, if we say it was from heaven, he will ask why we didn't believe John. But if we say it was merely human, the people will stone us because they are convinced John was a prophet. So they finally replied that they didn't know. And Jesus responded, then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. In the, in the Gospels, I see Jesus basically always confronting or answering back or pinning the religious leaders to a wall, making them, making them giving them a question back to them. You know, that's the master teacher right there, mm -hmm. making, them, making them think about the question, um, what the que why they questioned him. So to me, him, him doing that, him challenging that, shows me that whenever I'm challenged, whenever I'm questioned, there's always a way out. There's always a way where I can come back and God can give me the words to say. And I can come back and just maybe make somebody think about what they just asked me. And Jesus replied in the, at the end there that he, he wasn't going to re, uh, respond to them. He wasn't going to answer their question. He had no obligation to. Mm -hmm. So he let it sit there. So for me, when I'm sharing Christ with someone or I'm, I'm speaking to someone who, you know, has questioning me, questioning my faith, I know that I, you know, praying right there that God will give me the words to say or sometimes not even the words to say. So that, that, was, that was really encouraging to me. Every time I see Jesus responding back to questions by the religious leaders, that right there is encouraging to me that I know that if I don't have the words right away, God will give them to me. Has there been a teacher ever be more effective with the use of the question than Jesus Christ? It depends on who the answerer is. Because suppose that they're a little kid and they say, okay, well, I ask you first. <laughs> Great point. <laughs> and if a person actually says, I asked you first and you're obligated to answer yeah. first because yeah. the first person asked the question, then so sometimes it's perfectly legitimate, I believe, to answer a question with a question because Christ did it. And it's a normal thing that we do anyway. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, but at other times, the person that you're speaking with is uh, intolerant or impatient, and uh, they do want their question answered first, maybe because they're trying to set something up. Right. And uh, so you have to be uh, flexible for the situation. A lot of this has to do with who is the person asking you and what, where are they coming from? In other words, are they antagonistic or are they a genuine seeker? Are they testing you? What's their agenda? Right. Is it to genuinely get an answer because they're curious or is it in order to trap you? We know in this case they were trying to trap Jesus. They were antagonistic. Yeah. They were not genuine seekers. I believe fully Jesus would have dealt with this completely differently. Armando, you said at the start that these, they were trying to pin him against the wall, mm-hmm. right? right? And so he kind of turned the tables on them yeah. in a way that enabled him to. And they knew how the people would respond. Right. Would respond to them, those around them, you know, what would happen. So they just basically cowered out. Yeah. So application-wise, Armando, you mentioned that this is something that helps you realize that you don't have to always have the answers. And I think that's appropriate in terms of dealing with people who are antagonistic. Right. Uh, the Proverbs say, answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him. Right? Right. And so Jesus also talked about not casting your pearls, pearls before, before swine. swine yeah. So I think this is what's going on here is you have Christ acknowledging these, these guys aren't really genuinely seeking this answer. They're, they've got a political agenda. Right. Self-interest. It was self-interest, right. yeah. And so application-wise for us? Well, application-wise, sometimes people are asking questions because they really don't know or because it's bothered them for a real, real, real long time, and maybe no answer is ever going to satisfy them. And sometimes that also happens too. But there are occasions when they haven't really considered one phase of a problem, and at times a a wise answer can uh, flip a situation around, like do a reversal uh, on them. And so uh, you have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit for each time. I think that there are times you just simply say, I don't have an answer to it, but I trust Jesus more. A lot of times when I have problems that are presented to me from the Bible that I really, really don't have an answer for, I can't explain it, I don't know it, I don't even like the situation. And uh, something I see in the Bible that really bothers me, and it still bothers me, I trust Jesus' opinion of of the Old Testament, of God the Father, of the word of God and the will of God more than I trust my own judgment. And I think Christian discipleship, when we confess Jesus Christ as Lord, we are then deciding that he knows better about spiritual things than we do. And if that's true, and it is, therefore, when I come across areas of the Old Testament especially, uh, not so much in the New Testament, but areas of the Old Testament that I find problematic, troubling, uh, you know, I, I, I have no explanation. If it were me, I would have done it differently. Th- those kind of areas. Um, I still trust that Jesus knows the way better than I do. And he knows the father better than I do. And he knows, you know, the word of God better than I do. Mm-hmm. He is the word, right? Um, and so at that time, I simply defer the question to a better authority. And so there are times that you can say, I don't know, and I don't have an answer, but I know who does. We, we can also more on a more evangelistic note, try to prod the person to ask the Lord himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are times when uh, they're looking to us because they respect our opinion. But there are other occasions when it said it would be better for them to uh, seek Christ, ask him, pray about it, 
I mean, you can ask me and I'll tell you my view, but that's not where you should stop. Mm-hmm. You should continue to ask the Lord after, you know, this conversation's right. over. Good. So one of the conclusions I get out of this, and that was very well said, Eric, is that you don't find Jesus taking an extreme amount of time to deal with people who are antagonistic and not open. Mm-hmm. Basically closed his conversation off and walked away is what it looks like to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he was willing to do that with people who weren't truly seeking him. Yeah. But All right, good discussion. Thanks, guys. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share with your friends. Thanks. The music is by Canon and is used with permission. This podcast is copyrighted by Brett Amorani, 2021.